Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Oh, it's actually a little warm in here today. All right. You know, I don't know what it is about people that they just pick on me all the time, but anyways, so... Uh, ben and Lori got me this. Uh, it says, yes, I'm cold. <laughs> and then it says, 24-7. So, anyways, that's just, that's just not right. Anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, so, glad to be back here, a little under the weather, and just uh, miss being here. But, you know, we're looking at God's Word today. In uh, Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, and uh, let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Lord, we're just so grateful. We have a perspective now how we never, ever, ever want to take for granted what it means to be able to meet is fellowship, and Lord, and to praise your name and to open your word up as believers and the strength that we have when we gather together each and every Sunday, Lord, that we're reminded that you rose on the first day of the week and we live by that resurrection power. Lord, we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you see the title uh, today about three little pigs, you think, what in the world am I talking about? But, you know, we're looking at the story today about and, and so many people, even pastors, shy away from this passage. And I believe it's in the Bible, and we are true to God's word. We have to open it up, and we have to read it. And we have to not only read it, I have the responsibility to share with you, not some, not what's good, not what feels good, but, but what God's word says to all of us and what we're facing. One of the goals that I always have for us as a is a, is a body of believer is to be reminded that we are spiritual beings. We're spiritual. We have to be reminded. And every week, the devil comes at you and I to try and do whatever he can to throw you off or to bring you down in your life. What does God's word say on the spiritual side? And this is actually a, 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 a demonic confrontation that Jesus has with many demons in a person. In Mark chapter 5, verses 1, and I'm going to read just down through verse 9. Then they came to the other side, meaning Jesus and some of the disciples, to the country of Gadardines. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, in other words, a demon, who's dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. The chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? 
I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, this unclean spirit. Then he asked that unclean spirit its name. And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. What, what do we see here? Other commentaries and theologians believe there were hundreds of demons within this man. But yet there was one Jesus, and he was still able to confront him and do what no one else could do. What I want you to understand today, what I always want to be reminded of is that the devil, even demons, tremble at the name of Jesus. I want you to know also that, that you as a believer, because there's taught like this today some and it's not true. I want you to know today that you cannot be possessed with a demon as a believer. Now, let me, let me prove that to you because we call it we call what we know called doctrine. It's the truth of God's word. What, what does it say that in the Bible? Well, I want us to quickly look at 1 John chapter 4. And, and 1 John chapter 4. And uh, as we turn there, let me see. I was looking at another verse here. I'm getting ahead of myself. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, in other words, believers, and, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So right there is a passage that, again, we call it doctrine, is, is to know the truth of God's word. And what the truth is that the devil is going to do whatever he can to come at you as a believer, but he can't come into you. All he can do is come at your mind. Now, as we see this passage and it continues on and it unfolds, we see so many different things. The demon is actually in this person that no one could tame. Demons all through him. And what does God's word tell us as this passage continues as we see back in the book of Mark. I want to go back and I want to continue there in verses 10 down through 13. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. <clears throat> now a large herd of swine was feeding there nearby, near the mountains. So all the demons begged him that all the demons, and remember, they're all in one man, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission that the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. Let me stop right there. And Jesus gave him permission. I want you to know, no matter what has to happen, if you are underneath the hand of God and God is with you, the authority of Jesus gives you victory in any area of your life. The demon actually even say, listen, don't throw us into the abyss. Don't throw us into hell yet. We know we're headed there. Do anything else. And they see hundreds of, of pigs on the mountain. And so he throws them into the pigs. And we know the, the swine, well, what happens? Let's continue and finish that verse. Verse 13, and at once Jesus gave them permission and the unclean spirit went out, entered the swine, were about 2,000 of them. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. I want you to look at 
2 Corinthians chapter 10, because this is where it really starts to come together for all of us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in verses 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. You know, I said three little pigs in you. I, I honestly believe all of us, if you would think about something in your life, all of us basically have, it could be worry, fear, it could be lust. All of us have Really, if you can, three, maybe three things above more than anything else, if you could think of even later today or tonight, that you have, that you deal with, that the devil always tries to come against you with. He's always coming at you. And if it's not worry, then sometimes it's something else. If it's not this, it's a temptation. But he's always doing that. Always. Well, as, as we see this is happening and we know that it happens, without a doubt, you know there is warfare in, in your life. But I, I want you to know this. The devil can only get you in your mind. He can't get you in your spirit. He can discourage you. But what we have to understand when we see this, it's so much is swirling in our world. Why, is the, why are these demonic forces working so over, over time in our world today? Devil said, or the Bible says about the devil in the book of Revelation, he knows that he has a short time, so he's working overtime. And that being said, as we look at that, that we have victory in all these areas and whatever it might be. Now, if the devil has a short time, we know the demons are going to understand that too, that they're going to work overtime in your life. But I, I want you to recognize as to know. See, here, here's what happens. And, and I, I don't want you to miss this. This is so important. That faith without works is dead. There's something that is involved in our life that God will do, but it also involves us. 80, let me give you a couple of statistics. 50 years ago, 70% of people in your neighborhood went to church. Today, now listen to the, the, the other side of it. Today, 80% of people in your neighborhood do not go to church. We see all these things that are happening. I mean, do we not really believe that the Lord is coming back soon? I, I want him to tarry. We talk about that at City Church because we want other people to accept him as their Savior so they don't die and go to hell. But, but that being said, and we see this warfare and all this goes on, here's what I want you to get. That the devil's working overtime day. I mean, are we actually going to let kids actually make doctors perform these, these surgeries on kids to where they went from being a boy to a girl and making actually a doctor to do that or they can get sued? Drag queens that are teaching or, or giving Bible or, 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 yeah, Bible stories, yeah, right. <laughs> Reading stories to kids. Don't we realize what is going on in our world? Here's what's happening. What's happening is the Lord is going to come back soon. And as he does, we see the restrainer is pulling back more and more. 
He's God saying, you know what? You have a free will. And with that free will, I'm not going to push myself on you. So in our society, we see all hell that is breaking loose. But here it is with your life and in my life. Here's where it comes in to where you're going. Do you ever, you ever drive in your car and you're driving around? Maybe it's a 15, 20-minute drive. And about 10 minutes into that drive, you're like, oh, man, you're just all over this, all over the place of what's going on in your life right now, right? I mean, it's just all over the place. And you're thinking, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. You're worried or, or maybe it's, it's, it's a temptation that you have. How do we have victory that Jesus wants us to have with that? That's, that's the crux of the story. How do we do that? Here's what happens. Here's what we have to do. You and I as a believer, we all do it. We all let it roll around in our head. What God is telling us to do is you have to grab it, grab it, now hold it right there, and let's look at this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare, I want to read it again, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience. In other words, it means under the obedience of Christ. Where, where are you? Can I have victory every day? The way we do it, we have to grab it out of our mind and when we give it, when we go to give it to Jesus, it goes into a place that's captive. And Jesus takes care of it from there. But you got to do it. And I've got to do it. And we've got to do it every day. That's why it's so important to have our devotions every day or listening to word or hearing someone that you love talk to you about God's word and it clicks in and something happens because it's going to happen every day, every day. You are in warfare every day. If you don't believe that, you're going to lose. You know where you're going to lose most of anything? You're going to lose your peace and you're going to lose your joy and you're going to lose your future. What God is telling us today is giving us a formula for victory against the demonic that we face. And it's going to be even more and more and more before Jesus comes back. And all God is saying to you, I want you to have victory as a believer. I believe right now in our world, God is judging nations for what is happening. But I believe also God is blessing believers in those nations. In this nation, God will still bless you, but we can see the judgment taking place all the way around. Look at the crime that we see going on and all the things that we see happening right in our own United States of America. Do you know just last year, 77,000 violent complaints were sent to the police departments from fast food restaurants? 77,000. The complaints were so bad that the people behind the counter had to call the police. 77,000. That's just fast food restaurants. Don't you think the devil wants to come at you as a believer because you stand for who Jesus is? But wait, we don't have to panic. We just have to understand how this works. And this warfare that's going on, all you have to do is take that. When the devil tries to come at you and beat you down or come at you with that temptation, grab it. 
give it to Jesus, he puts it in captivity. And just as you see that picture, that he throws it into the swine and it's gone forever. That's the picture that we need to realize and have today. That God takes it from us and it's gone. But we've got to remember that if you want to say that formula or how it works, every day with your devotions or being here or encouraging other believers, it, it happens every day, every day, every day. Because every day, driving your car or late at night in bed or whatever it might be, he's coming and the devil's coming hard. But you still have victory because Jesus is the ultimate authority. Ultimate. That's what's so powerful every time the victory takes place. Every time that you finish your prayer, it's always in Jesus' name. Because it's in victory. Because through him, through his shed blood on a cross of Calvary, through his death and his resurrection, we have victory in every area of our life. The only reason is we don't win is because we don't believe strong enough. When we were willing to believe, we go to him, we said, Lord, you got to take this from me. And he is, and he will, and he wants to. But please listen, catch yourself this week. When it's rolling around, whatever it is, grab it. Throw it in the feet of Jesus and let him take it and throw it into the swine and get it out of here. And if you continue to do that in your life on a daily basis, you will see the victory that you have in your spiritual life. It's just unbelievable what Jesus will do to give you joy and peace. It might not be fixed. You might still have to work through some things. But God is working, and it's not so overwhelming because you have thrown it at his feet all that you're dealing with, all the warfare is going on, and he has the authority to get rid of it. Just the same as he threw all those demons into those pigs and they ran off the mountain. Let's finish the story. Let's go back to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5, and we're going to go back to verse 14. So those, and it continues on, said that the, the swine fled and they told it. In other words, those saw what took place. In other words, if you want to say the shepherds are all the bystanders. And they told it what had took place to all that were in the city and the country. And they went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus, saw the one who had been demon-possessed, and had the legion or many hundreds of demons in him sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And they were so encouraged. Huh. They were afraid. Isn't it amazing today that people in our world are more afraid of you as a free person in Jesus Christ than they are of a demon-possessed person. Think about that. Oh, they're a Christian. Oh, 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 I'm going to get out of here. I mean, what, what has the devil done? 
weren't here to help them set them free through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. People today, the devil is so twisted it that in our world, on the news, what all that we see, oh, don't, don't pray. Don't, don't pray in public. It's, it's going to do something. We are more afraid, or the world is more afraid of someone who is a believer in Jesus than there are of all the things that, that are so nasty and are taking place where we can't even talk about that what some people do that are demonically possessed. What God is telling us today is to know that when a person is set free, what was he doing? It's a picture. You have the world on one aspect that's so afraid, and you have this demon-possessed person who is now knows Jesus as his Savior, sitting at the feet of Jesus, calm, listening to the words of Almighty God. That's, that's who we serve. That's who we, let's not be intimidated by the world today. We're here today in this world to set the captives free. That's why Jesus said he came to this world. That's what we're supposed to do. So what did Jesus, as we close with a couple things, what, what did he tell them to do? And, and, and here's free will again. That's it. I, I, we can't have the word, you know, oh, no, Jesus, this is, this is all too scary. You're going to need to leave. What does Jesus do? He leaves. See, what I said a minute ago, in the world we live in, especially the United States, we used to have Ten Commandments all over in the schools. Kids today don't even know what a Bible is, let alone the Ten Commandments. It's taken out. Can't pray. Can't do this in public. This, that, all. Take this out. Take that out. The hand of God is going back further and further. Jesus says, okay, I'm not going to push myself on you. And we see the world we're living in today. That country missed a blessing for hundreds of years to come, that area where Jesus was with them because Jesus left and said, fine, I'll go to where someone wants to hear hope and truth. But what did he tell? We'll close with this. Just a couple more verses. What did he tell the man who is now a believer who was once possessed? Jesus was leaving in the boat in verse 18. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. Jesus, let me go with you. Please, please let me go. However, Jesus did not permit him but said to him, go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. Man, I, that's what the Lord wants us to do. That's why we're still here. Yeah, we're still here to be with our families and, and raise our kids, all these different things and do what the Lord wants us to do when we cause us to do certain things. But we are ultimately here for eternity to tell our family and our friends that the freedom that we have, that the hope that we have in Jesus Christ This last verse I close with in the book of John. Who is Jesus? We're reminded in John chapter 8 and verse 12. 
Jesus spoke to them, and as he's speaking, remember now, he's talking about the woman caught in adultery. And he's speaking to those that are accusing her. And this verse in verse 12, he says, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, This is what he said I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. In the beginning, God said, God said, God said, let there be light. He's the creator of light for this world. And he gave Jesus the light of all eternity to us. The Bible tells us in heaven uh, there, there's no headlights. There's no lights in the house. There's no lights anywhere. Jesus is the light of heaven for all eternity. Jesus is the light of the world. And when people are in such darkness, it's easy to see the light. I close uh, with this all of you a couple weeks ago. If you watch football and watch the different sporting events and different things, sometimes things happen uh, in sports that, that you really don't see any other way. And that's why I think it captivates people. Well, a young man, DeMar Hamlin, was, was coming across the field to tackle the other, I, I don't know if it was a receiver running back, and they hit so hard when the other guy hit him, he hit him right in the chest with his helmet. And he stood up. And when he stood up, he immediately fell right back down, if you saw, if you watched that. As he fell back down, he went into cardiac arrest. He's basically dead, lying on a football field. On national television, at night, millions of people watching, all of a sudden, every thing stopped. Didn't matter the score of the game anymore. Didn't matter what it was going on to the announcers. Everything was quiet because we all were focused in on, we realized at that one point time and second in life, the frailty of our humanity. And to know and to see grown, strong, mighty men crying on that field, knowing what the frailty of life is. And as you saw all those men on opposite sides of the field come together, as they were against each other before the game, they came together on that field to pray and to pray that God would please have compassion and give him life back into him. It is amazing to me that in a world that is so dark today that all of a sudden something happens. I don't know about you, but how I felt there's just a spark of maybe hope again for the United States. We have Roe versus Wade that is overturned. 
we see on national television live hundreds and thousands of people praying because we know that there is more to life than the things that we do every day. It's about each other. Do we care? Will we pray? Will we go and tell our friends and family? Because, man, we were once blind, but now we see. Jesus has lit this light in our life that we see in a way that we never thought we could see. And sometimes when we can't see, if you get this, we still can see because we know we're going to heaven. And in the darkest days that you have, maybe losing a loved one or whatever it might be, there's still light because you have hope. There's still light because we know Jesus tells us in the book of Ephesians and Colossians, he gives us that light so where we can have wisdom and know what to do next. We have the light of life. No matter what the devil tries to do, we can give those thoughts that the devil throws at us every day and throw them at the feet of Jesus and he can get rid of it and we can live this life in victory. Let's pray. As our heads are bowed today, if you're here by means of social media and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and man, maybe your life is a mess, I want you to know that you can give everything to Jesus at the foot of the cross. He will forgive you for all your sins. He will cleanse you because he died on the cross. We worship this day because he rose from the grave. There's hope. There's always light. No matter how demon-possessed this world is, all you have to do is pray with me because there's a reason why you've been watching today. Someone told you, maybe a friend or family, or maybe you tuned in because the Holy Spirit says, I, I want to show you something. I want to give you hope. As Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. All you have to do is pray this prayer to find heaven as your home. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God that you came to this world for me, that you shed your perfect blood on that cross for me. Right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me for all of my sins by faith to be my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Jesus, as we come to you in your name today. There's someone here, even right now, as Ben leads us in this invitation time. Lord, will they come forward and I can show them and lead them in your word and they can pray just as someone did over the internet and can pray and ask you into their heart.
in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.